Welcome to The Brand Collective, a podcast about our favorite brands, featuring stories from the marketers and creatives behind them. I'm your host, Nick Ross. With me, your co-host, Mackenzie Koss. Let's get into it. Welcome back to The Brand Collective podcast. Today, we are joined by Chris Maxwell, founder and CEO at Lucian and executive chairman at the In-House Agency Council. Thank you for joining us, Chris. We're so excited to have you on. Thanks for having me, Kenzie, and lovely to meet both of you. First off, to set the stage, uh, do you mind telling us a little bit about Lucian? Absolutely. So Lucian's a, a marketing transformation consulting firm, and we are really focused on helping brands and businesses build in-house agency capability. We're big believers in this model. Um, you know, I spent uh, 13 years on the client side and saw the benefits of having a, a strong you know, creative function, a strong media function, data and tech, and, and even uh, operations internally. And so about three years ago, I left a kind of a big corporate gig with a company called Anheuser-Busch InBev, which you guys would be familiar with. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're an American-based business. Oh, yeah. And um, set up a consulting firm in Australia. And we help brands and businesses build and run and optimize in-house agencies um, across creative, production, media, and data and tech. And, you know, the trend in Australia and Asia, we, we, we kind of focus on Australia and Asia, but um, the trend is growing um, in that market. It's been the trend towards in-housing has been growing in the States for probably 15 years, and we're catching up pretty quickly. Um, and, you know, part of the reason that I'm actually in the States right now is to um, go on a, a study tour and meet, meeting with some of the best in-house agencies in, in America. It's a learning fact for our, uh, our partners and our in-house agency council members. Oh, that's incredible. Do you mind backing up a little bit and and talking a little bit about your journey as a marketer uh, and what led specifically to the creation of Lucian? I started my marketing career actually in America, and I spent um, six years in the States working on the agency side. And this is sort of back in the 2002, three, four, five era, so a little while ago now. But um, I was working on brands like PlayStation 2, um, Ford, Coke, a bunch of different brands on the agency side. And fell in love with kind of marketing and experiential marketing and sponsorship and all those kind of fun things, you know, um, got to do couple of Super Bowls and Coachella and all the fun stuff that happens over here. And um, after that, I worked for Miller Brewing Company um, up in the northeast of the United States. Um, I was based in Philadelphia and spent a bunch of time up in New York and Boston and DC. And not long after that, working with the Miller Brewing Company, um, I worked with Fosters. They were distributing Fosters and me being the token Aussie in the, the team, they sort of said, hey, you go and lead the Fosters um, program. So <laughs> I kind of got to know the Fosters guys. Um, and when I went back to Australia, I picked up a gig working for Fosters parent company, um, which is a company called Carlton and United Breweries. They're the biggest brewery in Australia. They're kind of our equivalent of um, Anheuser-Busch here in the, in the States. And so spent a long time on the client side, 13 years working for Carlton and United Breweries. And, and through that time, the business actually went through numerous rounds of change where we were first a multi-beverage company. We actually had beer and wine and spirits and non-alcoholic. It was kind of a one-stop shop for all your drinks, really, and it was listed on the Australian Stock Exchange. The business then went through a big demerger and separated out the, the beer and the wine businesses. And then the beer business was acquired by a company called SAB Miller, which actually was parent company for Miller Brewing Company. So I was kind of back working with the Miller Brewing Company again. Um, but based in Australia at this time. And so we were working with a bunch of the SAB Miller execs um, who had 
come down from South Africa and, you know, we learned a lot from them and the sort of globalization of that business. And then not long, maybe three, three years after that, um, Anheuser-Busch InBev, AB InBev bought SAB Miller in what I think still is the largest ever transaction on the London Stock Exchange. I think it was a $104 billion transaction, right? Huge company buying another huge company. So amazing kind of journey to go through that process and then become part of one of the world's biggest FMCG companies. And and I was at the time then um, Asia Pac Connections Director for AB InBev. So that meant I was running um, all the media, all of the agency relationships, all of our sponsorship and events and experiential and marketing capability also fell into my remit. And that kind of led me to this journey that I've been on within housing because when I was overseeing both media and our agency relationships, one of my observations was we were spending an awful lot of money on a lot of different external agencies. And, you know, the work is sometimes amazing and sometimes it's not very good. Um, and it costs us an awful lot of money. And at the time, this is kind of 2015, 2016, um, at the time I was starting to hear about brands, particularly in the United States, brands like Apple and Spotify winning awards for amazing in-house creativity and having, you know, these robust in-house teams that were capable of doing things like, you know, content and creative and production and, and even integrated media planning and buying and those kind of things. And, you know, CUB at the time was one of the biggest marketers in the country. So we had enough scale to sort of consider that as an option. And we went down the path of building an in-house agency, um, which was pretty early in that trend in Australia. You know, there were certainly some early adopters and we weren't the first by any means, but we were one of the biggest and, and one of the first to jump on that sort of trend. And you know, there's a, as you can imagine, that's a pretty big business transformation to go from, hey, we do it all the traditional way, which is we have lots of big agency re- retainer relationships and we outsource all of our media and we kind of, all the different brands have different agencies that they, that they work with. We had a big portfolio of brands at the time. And so going through the journey of transformation that that took our business from an executive level all the way down to the kind of implementation team was a real eye-opener for me on, on kind of how to do it and, and what the challenges are and also what the huge benefits are to that that model. And, you know, really quickly, within the first couple of months, we had the whole marketing function kind of saying, this is the best thing we've ever done. What, why, why didn't we do this earlier? We've got creative people. We've got production people. We can be quicker. You know, we're, we're, not, we're not having to brief an external agency to generate a piece of content that sort of needs to be out tomorrow but in the old model was going to take three weeks for someone to respond to a brief and produce and come back to us. We can just sort of work with the internal team and get it done really quickly. And so it was a real eye opener in terms of, you know, my, my um, personal point of view was this is the new way and kind of why haven't we been doing it like this for a long time. And part of that's driven by the need for more content, more channels, more agility in engaging with consumers that maybe, you know, I started my marketing career 20 years ago and we probably didn't need that much agility back then. You know, you were making a couple of TV campaigns a year and a couple of outdoor campaigns a year. And, you know, the, the, the marketing ecosystem was a little bit tighter back then. And now there's so many more channels to populate with content and so many more ways to engage, engage with consumers. Having a team that can do that for you in-house and, you know, the efficiency that that drives in terms of speed 
and knowledge of the brand, but also there are cost efficiencies as well. That's huge in today's marketplace. So that journey of building that in-house agency at, at CUB slash AB InBev, and you know that, that we were one of the first markets within the AB InBev family to actually go down that path and ended up having a hand in you know how that in-house agency went global and you know um, into China and that's that's called Draftline now. I think they won you know best in-house agency in the world last year or something like that. So you know they, wow. they know what they're doing um, at Draftline, and that led me to a couple of years later. I got a nice kind of promotion out of that and was running brands and leading some of the biggest brands in in, in the country. VB, if you've ever heard of Victoria Bitter, it's Australia's. You know, most iconic beer brand and, and a few other brands within the portfolio. And then Asahi bought CUB from Anheuser-Busch InBev, ABI. And that led to me deciding I'm going to go do something else. And the, 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 the thing that I wanted to do was help the Australian market figure out how to do this in-housing thing properly because it's such a um, opportunity to drive effectiveness and efficiency through your marketing function. So that's that's sort of the story and the journey that got me to founding Lucian about three years ago. And since then, we've worked with you know lots of brands and businesses and some of Australia's best CMOs and marketers to help them essentially do what we did at CUB, which is build their own in-house creative production, media and data and tech functions. You've obviously spent a lot of time working with iconic brands, brands like Miller Brewing and Foster's and Coachella and these brands that are very enviable, iconic companies. Are there any learnings or any reflections that you have on working with such prominent worldwide brands? Being the custodian of a iconic brand like a Foster's or a VB or even a Miller or, a, you know, I've got some very dear friends who are global head of Stellar Aquire and Corona and those kind of brands. It's a real privilege. You know, I mean, you, you, people talk about standing on the shoulders of giants, but being invited to have a hand in the future of a brand like that is, it's a real responsibility and it's a huge opportunity and it's its a lot of learning. And, you know, when the brands are big and visible like that, there's an awful lot of eyes on it and scrutiny on it. So you've got to make pretty good decisions and you've got to engage broadly to make sure that you've considered all the different angles and, and those sort of things. So, um, you know, it comes with huge benefits because... When you're working with a brand like that, people will have a conversation with you. You know, you kind of say, hey, the guy from Foster's wants to have a talk to you and any media company in the world will pick up the phone and have a conversation with you. So if you've got ideas and um, if you've got kind of concepts that you want to get up, people are pretty receptive because working with well-known brands is beneficial. Um, I actually, I had a conversation with a guy named Andy Pearson when I was in LA last week. Andy Pearson's the global VP for... Um, liquid death mountain water which oh, wow. you guys would be familiar with it's like oh, one of the yeah. hottest we've talked about that brand a couple times on this show <laughs> yeah i absolutely love their marketing it's i mean phenomenal. They're, they're, they're killing it right and andy's yeah. at the forefront he's the vp of creative and he runs their in-house agency and like he and i caught up um for a beer last week and he was talking about exactly that like when you've got a hot brand that people want to work with it's it opens up all kinds of doors for collaborations and you know yeah. we've got some amazing stories to tell tell there as well so talking about in-house agencies and helping brands uh, discover the value in in-house agencies, what do you think is the most valuable aspect of the in-house agency? Is it this ability to be quick and agile and efficient? I chair an industry body called the In-House Agency Council. And that is um, an affiliation of businesses that have in-house agencies in Australia and Asia Pacific. And 
we've just literally finished a piece of research on what are the benefits, what are the challenges, why do we do it, you know, what 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 do people think the future is going to hold for this model? And the story is, you know, it's obviously really positive because this trend is continuing um, globally. But, you know, f- funnily enough, when you ask people, what do you think the benefits are going to be? And most people kind of go, oh, it's going to be cheaper. It's probably going to be faster. Um, and that's that's there, obviously. They're there some of the top ranking benefits for sure. Speed and, and cost effectiveness are right there. But some of the ones that people don't realize are like, you know, the knowledge of the brand, um, having people who work inside your business who just know and understand the brand and the positioning and the tone so that more and more of your communications is on brand and, and therefore more effective. Um, the agility that comes from being able to just move quickly and react to a consumer or a trend or a competitor and get a piece of work out the door, you know, at the speed that consumers expect you to get it out the door today in 2023. They want you to be able to respond in real time, not take three weeks to get back to them on something. So, you know, agility, um, better knowledge of brand. Um, sometimes there's a trust thing that comes with that as well. You know, having having aligned incentives with your agency, um, in-house agency or your external agency is really important. And, and, and sometimes external agencies and, and clients have misaligned incentives and they end up sort of pulling in different directions and sometimes they have aligned incentives and usually your in-house agency it just wants to see the brand grow and it wants you to sell more you know widgets whatever you happen to be selling cars or bottles of coke or whatever you happen to be selling so often there's a real benefit in having that team inside your business who have the same incentives that the marketing team have in terms of seeing growth there's also tons of benefits like one of the things that i often reflect on our journey at CUB when I built the in-house agency there was we went from being a pretty standard corporate marketing function to a really creative unit because when you bring creative people into the business, one, you have to make the business um, uh, take creative risks to keep the creative people engaged. Otherwise, they're going to get pretty bored pretty quickly. So it kind of forces the business to be a bit more forward when it comes to creative thinking. But also that creativity and that innovation and that kind of risk um, ability to take risks that permeates the broader marketing function. And then the whole marketing team gets a bit more innovative and a bit more creative. So there's a real benefit in having that kind of shape of people inside your business. So I think traditionally brands seek uh, creative input from agencies for that outside eye, for the fresh perspective, for the, you know, Mm. really tapped in zeitgeisty, you know, cultural awareness that might be a blind spot. Can you talk about uh, the argument for defending the in-house agency when it comes to that creativity? Because I think a lot of times when when people think of in-house, they think of people that are like more comfortable and less constantly grinding or constantly trying to uncover mm. those new discoveries under those rocks. I mean, that that sort of um, in-house agencies are full of people who are more comfortable. Um, it's something that kind of rankles me a little bit. And and I'll tell you where that, that, that comes from. I think a, a misperception from you know years ago that most in-house agencies were doing really low-tier work. You know, they're doing the point of sale and the, the the event collateral and the you know EDMs and that sort of stuff, not the higher-end creative work. And I think you'll find more and more these days in-house agencies are doing pretty high-end, top-tier creative work and production, as well as all the other stuff, right? And and our, my personal belief and the, the philosophy through Lucian and even through the in-house agency council more broadly is um, we believe in uh, the best of both worlds, right? So uh, there's this thing called a hybrid model. Hybrid model means you've got 
in-house capability for the stuff that makes sense for you to have in-house. And that typically is things that you need to do on a pretty regular basis. You know, day in, day out, you're creating content and you're communicating with consumers and you're managing social channels and you're investing in, you know, programmatic media, those kind of things that make sense for you to have those capabilities closer into your business. But there are times when you need creative diversity or you need specialist skills and it doesn't make sense for you to have a high-end ECD on tap all the time if you're only going to do two tier one campaigns a year. So part of our model at Lucian is we've got a panel of talent and we plug those higher end talent into our in-house agency partners when they need them on a kind of a project by project basis as opposed to having to sort of hire someone full time. Um, now, some businesses do have that level of capability and they're businesses that typically have, you know, the more marketing activity going on and bigger in-house teams. And I know it's much more prevalent here in the States than it is in, is in, in Australia, but we are certainly believers in, you know, find great partners and work with them to do great work and find ways for your in-house agency to collaborate with your external agency, not feel like they're in competition with each other. That's what I really, I really believe in. Yeah, I love that. And I was... I was asking that as a member of an in-house <laughs> agency, so I'm uh, I'm kind of a little bit playing devil's advocate because I I really value being an in-house creative and I love mm. uh, a lot of what you said. Um, it's such a dynamic group that knows the brand really well and loves to collaborate and almost helps each other out more because we're not in competition. We're just constantly mm. learning from each other, which is really nice. Make no mistake, like the idea of creatives wanting diversity is real and when you go in-house there is a risk that you know i used to work at an agency and i was working on six different briefs at any given time and they're all in different categories and one's a car and one's a soft drink and one's a pair of shoes and it's kind of it keeps me creatively engaged right that's a real thing that a lot of people like and you know one of the things that we've done through the in-house agency council is set up a forum where we can give the in-house creative teams an ability to think about something else that's not their brand and their category once a month. So we do this um, sort of creative uh, think tank session where we bring in one of our in-house agency council members will come in with a brief, a live brief that they're working on at a point in time that they haven't quite cracked. And we'll set up a forum and it's usually a virtual forum because everyone's spread all over the country, but um, we'll have that brand introduce their live brief and we'll have creatives from 15 different businesses sitting on the line listening to that brief then we'll give them an hour to just kick it around and workshop it and you know brainstorm and throw ideas out and you know the the, the it's only an hour so we're not sort of diving too deep but you know it, it gives the creatives once a month an hour to get their brain into a different mode of thinking and think well i usually sell shoes but now i'm going to think about how i'm going to sell telephones I'm usually talking about, you know, drinks and now I'm going to think about cars or something like that because that just gives people a little respite and a bit of you know, creative diversity in their own um, their own space. But then the member who brings the, the brief in, they walk away with 65 ideas that they wouldn't have come up with because there's all these people coming from different perspectives bringing those ideas to the table. So, and then we kind of, they go off and make, one or two of them. Uh, yeah, that's wonderful. And, and that's it. So we, we kind of tried that's to set awesome. up a forum that helps you know, in-house creatives be as creative as they can be. And, and and there's a real benefit in that collaboration and sharing amongst the members too. Yeah, getting outside of your yeah. uh, your standard fonts and color books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Is there anything 
similar to the in-house agency council that exists in the U.S.? The trend in America has been going longer than I think anywhere else in the world. So there are a couple of organizations in the States who sort of bring together in-house agency people and they talk and they share and they learn. Um, and I'm sure your you know, listeners could probably uh, Google them and, and figure out who they are. But, um, you know, I don't know that they do all the same sort of stuff that we do through the in-house agency council. So if you're, any of your members want to reach out, we'd love to hear from them. Um, they can find us on ihac.com.au or hit me up on LinkedIn. I wanted to bounce back a little bit because you had brought up the term creative diversity. I wanted you to dive a little bit more into how you implement that at Lucian. How do you create that and cultivate that within your own team there? So, you know, within our team, we we spend a lot of time building capability within our partners. What we call the businesses we work with, we don't call them clients. They're not clients, they're partners. So we work awesome. with them hand in glove to help build their marketing capability, their teams, their in-house capabilities. And so we spend a lot of time working with them on global best practices. Um, we do a series of creative inspiration with some of our partners where we come in once every couple of months and actually do a presentation on what's the best creativity that's happening in the world right now. Now, often you guys work in marketing teams. Often you're head down, you've got a lot of things on your plate. You don't have time to pop your head up above the parapet and have a look around and think what else is going on and what can I take inspiration from? So I think there's this real benefit in just once in a while, it doesn't have to be every day, but once in a while, lift your head up, have a look around, see what everyone else is doing. And then you can take a little bit of inspo and bring that back into your your life and your business. And so we partner with a lot of businesses, helping them with exactly that, kind of going in and sharing them whenever there's a, you know, one of the things that we did um, not too long ago was a Super Bowl review because, you know, Super Bowl is often the most expensive yeah. advertising in the world. So there's a lot of good creativity and there's even some amazing in-house agencies doing Super Bowl ads these days. Um I'm going to see the guys from Squarespace who nailed the Super Bowl last year um, when I'm in New York next week. So, awesome. you know, there's amazing, um, amazing creativity coming out of in-house agencies and also external agencies. And so having a look at that and sort of seeing what's winning awards and seeing what what's helping brands grow, really, um, huge benefit in, in that for in-house teams. Are there? I know you mentioned Squarespace, but are there any other in-house agencies that you think are just crushing it right now? Funnily enough, I was talking to Andy Pearson from Liquid Death and I was like, those guys are killing it. You know, everything they do is amazing. And they've got you know, a direct line into the leadership. And so they're making calls and they're acting quick and they're doing stuff that's really culturally relevant. He introduced me to a guy from Oatly, who I'm going to hopefully catch up with um, yeah. when I'm in New York. Apparently, Oatly's killing it too. Yeah, I just shared an Oatly website that they created, like the the sort of all the terrible moves that Oatly has made website or something. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's that. It's, it's brands that I think I think when brands can be real with people and authentic, I mean, that word authentic gets bandied around. It's a bit of marketing bingo, but um, it, it really is like talk to people like they're humans and They'll treat you like a human because that's what we all are. And if you make mistakes, own up to it. And some of the fun stuff that the uh, um, the Liquid Death guys were doing, I, I saw. I'm going to get the name of this wrong, but they did a launched a campaign only a week and a half, two weeks ago, and it was Our Greatest Hates Volume Three. And they took all the negative comments from their um, uh, detractors on social media and turned them into song lyrics and made an album. <laughs> So it's yes. this album of people basically telling Liquid Death how terrible they are. And they just sort of took the piss out of it and made had a little bit, bunch of fun out with it. And you just think, oh, that's they're very funny. So they're doing great. In Australia, there's some amazing in-house agencies. We work with sports, but they're probably one of the best. 
Optus is doing a good job. Um, we helped build the in-house agency for a company called Treasury Wine Estates. They've got an amazing creative team and they're doing really good stuff. So there's a lot of great brands doing um, great work all around the world. That's awesome. For any brands that might come to you for advice as far as the in-house agency model, how would you recommend that they even get started in something like that? Well, the first thing we always um, work with our partners on is like, what are you trying to achieve? Ultimately, what's your vision here? Because a lot of times we'll get approached and they'll come and say, hey, can you help us save some money? And we kind of go, listen, the, uh, doing things more efficiently is kind of table stakes for what we do. So yes, of course, there'll be some savings there to be had, but that can't be the primary reason for you doing this. Otherwise, you're going to build this kind right. of down and dirty, you know, factory, churn factory, and that's not really what we're here to do. What what we hope businesses that we work with um, share our vision for is building integrated creative teams and finding ways to integrate creative and media and, you know, doing better, more effective work ultimately. So if we can work with the head, the CMO or the heads of marketing and kind of go, you've got a vision, you, you need to grow your business. I'm sure every business has some pretty aspirational growth targets. What do you need to do? What kind of work do you need to do? What kind of advertising? How do you want to engage with your consumers and your customers? Let's build a plan that gets you to a place where you can do all the work you need to do with the right capability inside your business and the right external partners to do to support that. And that's the first thing is get get you know the vision and the goals right. And then you know we use a pretty simple model at Lucian. Um, we talk about culture, strategy, structure, people, processes, and tools. So from the loftiest kind of what is the kind of creative culture? What is the um, accountability culture you want to have in your business all the way through to, you know, what are the briefing processes and how do you get things approved and how do you get dispatched and what are the kind of digital asset management tools you want to use or the CRM tools all the way through the line? What is a holistic view of how do we help you transform your marketing team by building in-house capability, which is ultimately set up to deliver the goals of the business? And that's, that's how we start it. So, you know, it's a pretty comprehensive um, process we take businesses through and it always starts with like, let's get on the same page. What are we all here to try, trying to achieve? And what, what are we going to look back on in a couple of years and be proud of? And what is the uh, duration of this partnership? Like how long do you work with a company to help them develop uh, confidence in having an in-house agency? There's a few phases. So we kind of go plan, build, run. So the plan phase is let's get the the structure right and the, the strategy right and the vision and the business case. So often there's a, a fair bit of work that goes into kind of what's the business case that we can take to the CFO to justify why we might need to invest in 20 new heads in the business when most CFOs are going to go, hang on, 20 new heads, you can't have 20 new heads. So um, we, we help our partners with that sort of journey of how do you get the business on board this as a model? So that's the plan phase. And then the, the build phase is, okay, how do you get the right people and the, in the structure right? And how do you get the right tools in place like the dam and the creative automation tools and the data and tech is to actually enable this change? How do you get all that set up and plugged in together and integrated and get the team trained and onboarded? So that's the build phase. And once you've got people and the tools and the processes down pat, you're into the run phase. And the run phase is 
now you're doing the work. You know, you're getting the briefs and you're responding and you're coming up with the concepts and creating, you know, producing the work and buying the media and, and reporting on that. And then we partner with all of our partners on, in an ongoing way to ensure that they're, you know, that they're doing what they set out to do in the first place, which is, you know, transform the team and deliver more effective work and be more efficient and all those sort of early objectives that they set out. Yeah. That's huge. Where do you see it going? It feels really lovely to have a, an in-house creative team, especially if your brand wants to constantly be, you know, replying to Twitter threads and putting up cool social media that's zeitgeisty and and staying on top of it. Um, but there's always going to be a place, I think, for big agencies and creative houses. Um, where do you see the future of these relationships going? America has been on the journey of in-housing for 15 or 20 years. And it's the stats are something like 82% of businesses in America have in-house agencies. You know, it's kind of nearly everyone. And in Australia, we're not too far away from that. It's accelerating. Um, and every now and again, you get people who say, oh, well, the pendulum swing back and will it all go out again? And we've seen this before. And I, I, that may be the case. I, I can't read the, the, the future. But I think there's a fundamental change in the market that has driven this, which is, People have constant connection to brands and, and their communications channels these days because they walk around with a, the internet in their pocket on their phone and brands need to be quicker and they're responsible for doing so much more work now, filling up so many more channels with communications than they were 10 or 15 years ago. That fundamental shift means you've got to be more efficient, you've got to be faster, you've got to be more effective and doing the old model, which is we pay external agencies to do everything it just doesn't work like that anymore you know it's not gonna, it's too expensive and it's too slow and so i think in-house capabilities is here to stay but as i said before i'm a big believer in this hybrid model where you get great external support to do things that you, you don't need to have internally and you know there, there are, we, we through lucian when we built lucian we knew that this was going to be the case and we've built out a panel of talent from a brand perspective, positioning, strategy, creative production, that we help connect our in-house agency partners with when they need some help on something. So you need some brand positioning, you need a piece of design origination that your in-house team doesn't have capacity for, just get some help and find a way to plug that kind of, um, we, sometimes we call it bench strength or extra horsepower into your in-house agency to bolster the capability for a period of time and I think that's the model going forward. I think you're going to have this poor team who are responsible for a lot of the, you know, maybe it's 70 or 80% of the volume of the work that the marketing function needs to put out, but you leave a bit of room to bring in talent, you know, to bolster the capability of the team. And also, you know, sometimes the team like to work with some different people and get some different takes and perspectives on things. So that's, I think that's the future model. I love that. Just curious, how big is the team at Lucian? We've got um, we've got a team of offshore people who help us with a bunch of production, and we've got a local team of about twelve and a team offshore of about twenty-five. I actually did want to ask you, how did you come up with the name Lucian? I get a lot of people saying, "What's Lucian?" When I when I was starting to build out, what is Lucian going to be? And I was using the words evolution and revolution a lot. I was talking about, "Hey, this is." You know, in marketing and business, people talk about, is it evolution or revolution? It's one of those sort of catchphrases that comes around. I said, we're, we're talking about evolving the way marketing is done. And sometimes that's a little incremental change. That's an evolution. Sometimes that's a big change, transformational. That's a revolution. So we started picking those terms around. And funnily enough, 
my wife was in the room one day when I was kicking it around and she said, what about Lucian? And I kind of went, no, I don't like Lucian. <laughs> took, me, took me a couple of days to come around. But after a couple of days of that sitting in my mind, that little earworm got in my mind, I was like, okay, maybe I'm coming around to that. And then somebody said, it works for solution as well. And I went, ah, evolution, revolution, solution. It's all about Lucian. So <laughs> yeah. that's, what called it. that's awesome. I love that. Do you know the really origin of that, you know, like the the Ooh, word yeah. origin of Lucian? God, no, to be honest, I haven't looked at it. You mean, you mean like the suffix? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I have to look that up. Hopefully it doesn't mean anything bad. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt. Those are all very empowering words. Well, we can go on to our, our, our next segment where just to get to know you a little bit better, we ask these questions to everyone that's been on the show. And the first one is, what have you done recently for the very first time? Oh, God. Great question. Well, I mean, literally yesterday I went mountain biking in Aspen. That was pretty epic. So that was the first time I've ever done that. <laughs> That's that was awesome. awesome. Nice. Yeah. I'll give you that one. Um, yeah. Awesome. Uh, next question is, if you were invited to a show and tell right now, what item do you think you would bring? I don't know. Probably my kids, to be honest with you. I've got two <laughs> young kids. I've got a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old. And I seem to be talking about them with pride every moment I get. So if I want to show anything off, it's probably not a physical item. It's probably my two my two beautiful young kids, Levi and Maya. What are they I into right now? I just had my first, so I'm uh, I'm very excited about kid phase, but I'm deep in baby yeah. phase right now. <laughs> I miss that time, but I'm glad to be past that time. Ten and eight are a good age as well. Um, what are they into? Oh, Roblox, YouTube, um, all the same stuff that kids are in America, you know. Eating, eating junk food and running around outside. <laughs> <laughs> and the final question is, if you uh, were to meet yourself at a younger age, what piece of advice do you think you would give? That's a really good question. I, I, I have to think about that one, that one for a little bit. I think it's back yourself, mate. I think that's it. You know, like I think um, I spent a long time on the corporate world. And, you know, in the corporate world, it's fantastic, you know, working on those amazing brands that we referenced. And, you know, there's all these huge benefits to it. But for a long time, I had this little thing in the back of my mind, this little niggle saying, hey, you should go do something for yourself, mate. Like, you know, give it a crack and, and see how you go. And as you progress up the ranks in big corporations, it becomes harder and harder to do that because, you know, you start getting big jobs and making good money and it's just harder and harder to replace that. But at some point, you know, I kind of got to the point where I was like, if I don't have a crack now, I, I may never do that and I'll feel sorry for myself or I'll, I'll be like angry with myself, um, you know, when I turn 50 for not having a crack. So, you know, I think have a crack back to self. That's awesome. Yeah. You got to feed the the soul as well. That's what I, mm. well, if there's anything else, uh, is there anything else? Would you like to give any websites or uh, LinkedIn's that we can, that our listeners can reach you or contact your company? Lucian is L-U-T-I-O-N-H-Q.com solutionhq.com and IHAC, the in-house agency council, which is the industry body that I chair, is ihac.com.au. And, and I'm on LinkedIn. You can just look up Chris Maxwell and you'll, or Lucian or IHAC and you'll see me on LinkedIn. And um, I'd love to hear from any of your uh, listeners. And if we can help any of them, that'd be fantastic. Thank you so much, Chris. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you, Nick. And thank you, Mackenzie. I've really enjoyed it. You're listening to a Brand Folder podcast, where we like to say, strong brands live here. 
Join us as we build The Brand Collective, a podcast for anyone curious about the people behind the brands that we all love. We're available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. And if you feel inspired, leave us a review. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. Until next time, this has been The Brand Collective.